Welcome to the Perspectives on Healthcare podcast, where members of the medical community from different roles, venues, and locations share their unique perspectives on quality healthcare, its future, and how to improve it. Now, from the Your Keynote Speaker Studio in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, here is your host, Rob Oliver. Welcome, and thank you for being with me today. Today's today's perspective comes from a Pilates instructor. Her name is Leslie Logan. She is the founder of OnlinePilatesClasses.com. She is from Las Vegas, Nevada. She is a member of the millennial generation, also known as Gen Y, and she joins me today. Leslie, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me, Rob. I'm excited to be here. Yes, us elder millennials, we're a unique group. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird to me. Millennials are one of the few groups that actually gets divided into, like, there's Gen Y.1 and Gen Y.2. I, go figure that I'm a Gen Xer and, and there's no differentiating with us. We all get lumped in together. So that being said, let's let's get right into it. Tell me about yourself and your role in healthcare. Well, I am a Pilates instructor almost 15 years now. So I've been focusing on helping people uh, really truly find their strength from the inside out using Pilates. And it's a great tool. Um, over the 14 years, I've worked with people with all sorts of injuries, aches, pains, post-surgery, and all the way up into um, elite athletes and NFL players. So my role to me is really just to help people do life better. Um, Pilates is the thing that can help you do anything you already love to do better. So if you already are weight training, swimming, doing yoga, anything you already have that you're like, this is my thing. When you add Pilates into it, it just helps increase your form, alignment, endurance, stamina, and it actually connects your mind to your body. So it can be that movement meditation. Okay. And so tell me a little bit about how Pilates fits in with healthcare, if you don't mind. Yeah. So in Pilates, like you'll actually, what's really cool with Pilates is you can go to a PT clinic that has Pilates as part of a PT clinic. Um, there are Pilates practices that are inside of medical facilities. And then um, if you want to think of Pilates as, you know, it is a strength-based practice. However, because of its, um, because of its emphasis on connecting in a, um, how should I say this? Controlling your spine, right? We want to actually make sure all the muscles around your spine are working so that your axial skeleton, your arms, sorry, your appendicular skeleton, arms and legs can do whatever they want while your, your center is connected. Um, it really does help people with digestion, sleep, stress. So you can use it for a lot of different modalities. Um, it just depends on what your purpose is and you'll want to find the Pilates practitioner who has it as an emphasis. Okay. Pardon my, my, stupidity with this question, but I, so I have, I had a chiropractor on the show and he's all about spinal alignment and, um, Pilates is a similar, a similar goal of getting the spine properly aligned. Is that, is that overly simplifying it? Not at all. It's totally what it is. I mean, your spine can do five shapes. Basically you can sit tall. You can also have extension, flexion, side bending, and twisting. And in Pilates, our job is to make sure that you do the longest, strongest version of that. So you can side bend by sitting in your chair while you're listening to this and just sink down into your lower back and bend over. And that would actually not be in alignment, nor would that be muscularly strong. And if you pick up a heavy thing while doing that, it's not going to be so good on your back. But if I teach you how to connect your muscles, 
and you're sitting up really tall and then you reach to pick that heavy item up. Now you're so connected, you're strong, your spine is more than protected and you're using strength to do it. So our chiropractors and Pilates can work really well together. Um, I often would have clients come see me after they saw a chiropractor because we just help solidify everything you just did with them. Got it. Okay. So what does quality healthcare mean to you? Oh gosh. I think that it's, you know, this is probably something that's like the word success means to you, but to me, it's a very holistic. Um, I, for me, quality healthcare is finding people who doctors or any kind of practitioner who is actually advocating for what your needs and goals are. So find people who want to hear what your end goal is and really help advocate for that and look into that. Also, to me, quality healthcare is not trying to f- put a Band-Aid over something, but really getting to the source of what is going on in your body um, and then working to get rid of that issue as opposed to mask it with drugs and things like that. So I'm not anti-medicine in any way. However, what I do see instead of quality healthcare is like, oh, you have a symptom, here's a mask for that. And my job as a Plies instructor, I see my clients three, four times a week. So I hear them complain about aches, pains, digestion, sleep, and I can help them advocate for themselves. Like, remember, you know, when last week, when you said this, it's coming up again, you should really talk about that with someone and then remind them of what their goals are in getting that help. So quality healthcare is really like getting to the root of the problem as opposed to masking it. Okay. Can you give me an example of quality healthcare? Yeah. Um, I, I think like in my life, you know, I struggled a lot with stomach issues and that's really hard when you're a flies instructor and everything is about your core and you can't feel it. And, um, I was not getting quality healthcare. I was getting a lot of people just giving me a blanket diagnosis without any hope for that. And I actually found someone who literally did all the blood tests in the world and figured out exactly what the root of the problem was, which happened to be stress. <laughs> and, um, and then I having that information, I was able to really start to work through the issues that one, get rid of the stress, but also build the body back up from the inside out. And I think, um, I wish that it was, it had come from our medical industry, but unfortunately came from another person in the healthcare industry who works as nutritionist with athletes. So, yeah. Interesting. Uh, so <laughs> If you don't mind me asking, what was your, what's your secret to eliminating the stress in your life? Oh, well, I'll say it, you know, it's going to sound really cheesy, but I do as much Pilates as I can. Um, and that doesn't mean you have to have equipment y'all. Like if you've heard Pilates and you've seen like these weird machines and stuff like that, like those are awesome. And those are really great. But the truth is that Joseph Pilates created the mat work first and it was, he was designed so that everyone could do it. Right. And so you just need space on your floor and the ability to move your arms length around. You don't need to actually have anything fancy. Um, if you have access to that, that's great. But for me, just five, 15 minutes, sometimes 20 minutes of doing that. What it does is it actually, you, when you do Pilates, here's, what's really cool. You cannot think about your to-do list when you're doing squats, bicep curls, all this stuff, not knocking it. I got to go see my trainer later today, but I can think about what I'm having for dinner. I can think about all the things that didn't get done today. I can like, I can think about it and curl. Right. But when you're doing Pilates, you actually have to think about what is moving where and from what muscles and you have to connect everything the whole time. And so it really does drop your, you into your body and connect that brain body can have that mind body connection. And so it's so cool is you get that movement meditation you get that moves, that strength-based workout in your body and you get connected to yourself. And I think when we actually connect to ourselves more, it is much easier to 
not take on the stress that is coming at us all day long. So that's, it's cheesy, but it works. Okay. And in some ways, it, I think that what we become passionate about is what works for us. And so the, the fact that you found something that worked for you, uh, this is phenomenal and it works good. Uh, and how can you not be excited about that and not be interested in sharing with other people? Hey, I found this thing. It, it, it worked for me and maybe it'll work for you as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so what do you wish people understood about your role in healthcare? Oh, you know, I wish that more people would see Pilates instructors before they need surgery. Um, to be honest, I think a lot of people end up coming to Pilates after they have an ache or a pain, um, after they've had surgery, um, because they've graduated from PT and y'all, there are Pilates instructors all over the world who can actually help you get ready for a surgery. I'm not saying they're going to prevent you from having to have it. Maybe there's possibilities. I can't promise. I don't know what your ache and pain is while you're listening to this, but you know, if you are having hip issues and you're like, oh, I'll do that after I have my hip surgery, let me just tell you. You can go into that hip surgery much stronger than you are right now. And that's going to really make sure that you heal faster and better than you could have. And so, and, and, and so I just wish more people would seek out a Pilates practitioner, um, for their, for their needs before it gets to the extreme. And that does require being aware that, oh, I've had this ache and pain for a really long time. Yes, it does. Um, it does require a little bit of, of research. However, it can really make the difference between a quick, um, result, quick healing and a better life after the surgery that you're about to have, then, um, then otherwise you might end up actually ruining the other hip while you're waiting. Okay. It is so interesting to hear you say that kind of not as a substitute for not as preventative, but as preparation for it. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah. I mean, Pilates can absolutely be preventative, but you know, I think, um, at sometimes the prevention should have been 10 years ago, not 10 days ago. Right. So, um, if we get to a point where like, that is a thing that you have to go through which which I've had to do surgeries and like, they're not fun for anyone, but, um, if you can go in as strong as possible, it just makes a, the biggest difference between your healing and the, how you feel when it's over and what your, your next stage is going to look like. Okay. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, what excites you about the future of healthcare? You know, I think more and more people are really diving into um, a more holistic approach with their body. They're not thinking of like, oh, I have this little ache, so I'm going to deal with this. They're like, I think more people are becoming aware that if you have an ache in your shoulder, it might be because of something going on in your back, you know? And so it's really cool to see people take note of that. And I also do think that advocacy, self-advocacy is becoming a real thing and people are starting to go, yeah, I, I appreciate that advice and I'm going to go get another opinion because it's not exactly the, the route I wanted to take and I just want to make sure it's the right one. I really do find that inspiring. And I'm not saying that um, doctors don't know what they're talking about, but everybody has a filter, right? I have a filter as a Pilates instructor around what I see when I look at a body versus my friend is a Pilates instructor based on her life and the experiences that she's had. Doctors the same way. They're trained in their one thing, but you know, it's okay to go, thank you so much for that information. Let me just do one more thing over here and just do some more research. And so I'm really excited about people getting more involved in their own healthcare and what they, um, what they want it to look like. And I think that only, that just actually challenges all of us to step up a little bit differently and, 
explain our answers and our, why we want to do what we want to do with somebody, whether or not they want to do that with us is fine. But like, I think it just makes us all be better in our profession. I, it's funny to hear you say that. And I mean it from this perspective, when I was a kid, um, you know, back in the stone ages, <laughs> uh, you went to the doctor and you just took what the doctor said as gospel truth because they know and you don't. Whereas today, information is so readily available and there are, you can, you can Google something and you can find out information, you know, whatever it is, there's a way to get more information. And I, I think what you're saying about self-advocacy where you become part of the process and it's not just going to the doctor and giving the doctor kind of carte blanche for your life to say, okay, what, whatever the doctor says, they're the doctor, they know best, I'll just do that um, to say, okay, let me just make sure, let me just double check and make sure that what they're, what they're saying is something that works for me or maybe there's something else out there. And this is, someone you know made this statement that when you're a hammer, all of the world looks like a nail. And so sometimes I think what I'm hearing you say is when a doctor is trained in a certain specialty that they see the mode of treatment as being as fitting within the specialty that they've been trained in. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's exactly it. And I think, you know, um, they call it a medical practice and I think we forget that. And, um, I think I definitely, you know, I never saw myself challenging a doctor until I wasn't getting help. And it was actually getting, it was exacerbating the problem. Mm -hmm. And I was, because they were stressing me out. (laughs) And I think like what I discovered is that like, you know, they're doing the best they can with what they know. They're a human being just like the rest of us. And so their education depends on where they went to school and what they learned and what they focused on. And also how they hear you. And if you're explaining your, your symptoms, the way that they understand, you know? And so I think sometimes, um, as, as non-doctors, it can be really easy to go, I have this, I'm, I'm really tired, but like, actually you might be lethargic and there's a difference. And Mm -hmm. if you don't use that right word, they're going to treat you as a different thing. And so I'm not saying that they're wrong ever or always. It's just that like, if you don't, if that answer does not fit what you feel is exactly what you wanted to go through, it's okay to go, Hey, you know what? Thank you so much. I'm going to have one more person take a look at this and I'll get back to you with my options. And I, I hope that, and I think that more and more doctors are starting to understand that I have a a friend who does teaches self-advocacy and she's like, we really should be calling them, um, clients as opposed to patients. And we, and these doctors are like, you know, they're a business that we're going to really. And so like, they are someone who is definitely more knowledgeable in that area than I am, but it doesn't mean that you don't know your body. And so it's okay to also know your body. And I think healthcare is really starting to go into that way. And I think that's great. Yeah. And that's, um, there are two things that you said there. I mean, one is the, the willingness to get a second opinion. Um, and of course I'm a dad and there's a dad joke that goes with that in which, I went to the doctor and the doctor said I was overweight. I said, I wanted to get a second opinion. And he said, you're also ugly. Um, so <laughs> that, that was, that was his second opinion. But the, the other piece that goes with that uh, is, is what you were talking about um, where, oh, the, patients being seen as clients or customers. Okay. Yeah. Because 
when you're looking at them as customers, customers have a choice of where they receive services. And if they're not receiving the services and that they want from you, or they're not satisfied with the services, they can go elsewhere to get those needs met. And I think that uh, what your friend is teaching is, is spot on. And it's something that I share with medical professionals as well. Uh, what is one thing medical professionals can start doing today to improve the quality of healthcare? And you're not allowed to say, send people to Pilates. Um, I think just listen, look them in the eyes. First of all, that's like, that is people want to feel seen. And if you look them in the eye and you say like, and you actually hear them and say, what I'm hearing you say is this, like you, that is 10, like that takes 10 extra seconds. And it at least lets them know that everything that they said you heard, you can repeat it back makes them feel seen and makes them feel more comfortable. Cause like no one actually wants to go to the doctor. Like it doesn't, it's not like when you go to the doctor, it's like, you're going to get a, like, it's like a good thing. Usually you're going because something is wrong. <laughs> and so, um, so if you at least look people in the eye and say, what I hear you say is this, did I miss anything? You're going to make people feel so much more comfortable and confident with you because so few people are doing that. And that's a shame. I really wish that was like kind of the training. Like, and when they say this, your responses and what I'm hearing you say is, but truthfully, you know, in, I, I mean, most doctors, when I go, they're looking at their chart, they're writing notes. They're not even looking up and they're like, okay, so here's the test you need to go take. And it's like, why do I need to take that test? Did you, did you hear when I said this? Like, you don't know. And so you feel very uncertain. So I think if they just did that, um, and then send them into Pilates. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I will, I will take that under advisement. Basically what you're saying is it's reflective listening and where they're, they're listening, they're processing, they're reflecting back to say, this is what I've heard you say. I listen, Leslie Logan, thank you so much for being with me today. I really appreciate you sharing your perspective on healthcare. Thanks for listening to perspectives on healthcare. Visit PerspectivesOnHealthcare.com to learn more about Rob Oliver or to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If this podcast was valuable, we'd appreciate a review on iTunes. Or if you tell a friend or coworker about the show, that would be helpful too. Join us again next time for more Perspectives on Healthcare.